thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the TTE podcast. And today I've got, uh, we're going to run the four corner offense again, backed by popular demand. Um, also known as um, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, but that's just a whole nother conversation for another day. Again, these are three gentlemen that aren't afraid to share their opinion and really don't give a, give a shit what you think. Um, so with that, Pat, Alan, Brian, how are we? Well, how are you guys doing? Yeah, I, I'm doing great. Hey, I got, I got to take the girls to school today, and, and uh, so that that was amazing. That's a big small help. victory. That's a big help. Small, yeah, small victories, right? Right. All you gotta do um, is you know you just take them and just put them one by one and just keep stacking them. Just keep stacking them, right? Um, so I want to get into a bunch of different topics, um, and so. The, the first topic I really want to get into is how, and I, I asked this rhetorically because at this point I really don't know anymore, how long, it's a two-part question, how long can Tom Brady keep doing this and should we all be eating avocado ice cream? Because I don't know <laughs> what the answer is anymore. I'll be 42 this year and honestly, like, I, 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 the idea of being this old and somebody who's, you know, <laughs> you know, is coming into the league when, you know, like, like I just, it's really hard for me to wrap my head around the idea that this guy's 43 years old and he's still better than almost everybody doing it. I, I, I don't, how long can he keep this up? Oh boy, Alan, you want to go? I know you've got lots of opinions on this. So sorry, I was a little slow to the mute button there. I uh, um, apparently I've, I've gotten so fat that my phone doesn't recognize my face as well as it should. But um, well, welcome uh, to the club. Welcome to the club. <laughs> so so there, there's a lot there, but I'll keep it brief. Um, I think he has a better shot than anyone we we've seen at continuing to 45. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. You know, the trainings, the prayer, and the vitamins. The uh, uh, medical advances, you know, it's it's um, it's unlikely given the way the game is played now. You know, we're not going to see the types of hits that more than likely shortened Joe Montana's career. You know, when he was in the in kind of the, those twilight years. So I, I think there is a a combination of things that that he, he I, I think he could do this to forty five. Um, but uh, at the same time, you know, we, we've all watched a whole lot of sports and that end always comes a lot faster than what we think it's going to. So so we'll see. I'll just throw this out here. Shady McCoy said um, recently that he's absolutely convinced that Brady could play till he's 48. I heard that. <laughs> That's five more years. The idea that a guy who's almost 50 is out here slinging touchdown passes. Honestly, I can't wrap my mind around the idea of it. I, 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 I just can't. Well, it, well, I mean, if you think about like football basics, it's just if you keep your quarterback upright and you invest in your offensive line and he's able to get the ball out quickly, like there's like you said, Alan, he's not going to be taking those like bone crushing hits that we're that we've seen a lot of quarterbacks take. So it is completely possible. I think it's just a matter of does he want to play till he's 48 
or, or how how much longer does he want to play? Because at this point, he's already won the game. Like nobody's touching seven. Like as great as Mahomes is, Mahomes might get what maybe two more, maybe three more. He's not gonna he's not gonna touch Brady. So it's really just a matter of how long he really wants to do this. Yeah, I I, I mean I echo that. I, I think um, you know I'm 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 always impressed with touchdown Tom uh, and. Uh, I I guess the, I I've seen things in the past where you know he's got a great work ethic he he practices year round so I don't know I mean I guess if like Brian said if you can keep him protected and you know give him a balanced running game and you know all pro receivers like he's got he can at least play two more I don't see why not I mean they might be running it back again next year. Okay. Yeah, Pat, I mean it's Pat, a. I think you. It's a weird league. Yeah, I, I think Pat started into an interesting lane too. Um, uh, what I'm curious about is which is going to come first. He's tired of it. Um, he can't do it anymore, or he can't find a team that will meet his demands. Because it's clear he's not going anywhere unless they're either going to be good or they're going to be willing to stock up. So it, it might actually be that one that drives him out. Is you know if, if Tampa turns around and, and has to make some some pretty drastic financial moves, it, who knows? Yeah, and I will say this just kind of to piggyback that off that Alan, there is a little bit of a LeBron quality to him that like you know like your team, your franchise will have their plan and they will literally blow it up if they can get it right. So. You know, the Heat had a plan, they blow it up because they get LeBron. The Lakers have a plan, they're going youth, they get LeBron, they blow it all up. So I think Brady's probably that same thing because you know, I don't think there's a doubt at this point that the question was whether it was Belichick or whether it was Brady. Like, Brady's the system. Brady's the one. He's the engine. So, yeah, if you can get Brady, you're going to to blow it up. Yeah, and and speaking of of blowing it up – I, I, I don't know what to think about Urban Meyer in the NFL. Because on one hand, he wins everywhere he goes. And then this is a very different league with grown men. And then he hires a guy only to have that guy resign because that guy is – that guy's a racist. Like, I, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. The guy's a, the guy's a racist. When, when, when you hear some of the stuff that he said to, to black players in the Iowa – program and stepping on fingers while guys are lifting and little crash shit like that. The idea that you would bring in that guy as your strength and conditioning coach, knowing that you had guys on your team that played for him in Iowa is so tone deaf that I just like, do you really understand that you can't get away with the same thing that you got away with in college? Like, I, I have real mixed feelings about whether or not he'll be any good at this, and I'm curious what you guys think. Well, I didn't know anything about that. I'll be honest. That I, that completely sailed under my radar. I had no idea. But I'm just Googling it now. So he hired some dude from Iowa that's apparently a, a shithead. Is that is that the essence of it? Yep, that's, that's yeah, being that's kind. That's being kind, but yes. <laughs> well, and, and I think even greater than like I, I, I can shove that aside to, to arrogance. Um, 
Um, and and I, I know sometimes we, we talk a little long when the four of us get together, so I, I can keep my stuff brief on, on Meyer. Um, this is a movie I've seen before. Um, Google, you know, go, go to the, what is it, profootballreference.com and look up the pro football records of, of uh, Steve Spurrier and Nick Saban and Chip Kelly. And if, if you're wondering how Urban Meyer's going to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, that and, could but, be. <laughs> and that could be, Alan. But at the same time, I can't put it past him that he just might be Jimmy Johnson. And, and I guess that's the. Oh, the, I, I mean, I, I guess if they maybe if they draft Trevor Lawrence and pull off a Herschel Walker type of trade using Lawrence to completely stock a monster defense. I could maybe see that happen. But um, it, aside from Jimmy, and, and again, if they don't pull off the Herschel Walker trade, the Cowboys thing doesn't happen either. But um, for the most part, these college guys have a whole lot of trouble when the other team has players that are as close to as good as theirs. Well, and is here's my other thing. Is he – vastly superior anymore as like an X and O guy. I, I always had the impression when he was here and that he was more of a, a general manager slash coach, but you know, like maybe I can, yeah. I mean, I mean, if he can pick the right, you know, people to do the job, I suppose. Well, and Hey, the, the, good, the good news is, is Tebow's looking for work now. So <laughs> he can, yeah, he can lead the team in prayer. Yeah, uh, uh, amongst, amongst other things. Yeah, I just don't. I I I agree, Pat. Like he's not an X's and O's guy. Like when Chip Kelly came into the league, no one had really seen the offense, so he had an advantage until everybody had adjusted. And then once everybody adjusted to it, then all of a sudden it's not as innovative anymore. I think you bring him in because you want him to establish a culture and a mindset. That's what he's really good at doing. But he's really good at doing it with 18-year-olds, with 20-year-olds. To do this with guys that are 25, 26, that make more money than you, uh, I don't – you know, I, I don't know that he's a motivator of grown men. He is a motivator of young men. But of grown men, I don't know. I, 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 having I, I would agree with days. you that, that he, is a, he is a culture builder guy. But I think that long term, um, you know, certainly he left for health reasons every single time. Sands, Utah. So I would think long term, that's got to be a question. Was but Ohio State – but was Ohio State the fact that he left because of health, or was it that he hired uh, Earl Bruce's douchebag son or, or, or nephew it's, or whatever it's a, it was? It's a, it's, a, it's a confluence of events there. But I will say <laughs> this. When you talk about long term, five years in the NFL is a long time. So he's going to have some 2-14 and 14 seasons, some 5-11 and 11 seasons, and he's going to have to be comfortable with losing, and which is going to be really hard to do for someone who is wired the way that he is. But if they win five, six games next year, that's a success. Like, you're going to have to change your expectation. And, you know, to live and die on that razor's edge every week in the NFL, oh, I mean, I – you know, I, I'm just curious to see how it's going to work out because I know that team's got like 
75 million in cap room so they can go sign free agents in the first pick in the draft and jacksonville's a small market so the media is not going to be all over his head and I, I'm I'm just curious if he's going to be you know Dennis Erickson or is he going to be Jimmy Johnson and I and honestly I'm open to all points in between whether that's you know Steve Spurrier or hell he might be Lou Holtz in the NFL and well, everybody he also, forgets that I mean, he coached the Jets so well I well, well I think that he might be I mean it's possible he could be Pete Carroll. Because, That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, Pete Carroll did okay, but I because mean, you think when Pete Carroll comes into the league, he's been recruiting all these guys for years and playing against them. So he's gonna. So he was able to clean up in the draft because he knows who can play, who can't. So I think it's possible that he's good for the first couple of years. Um, you know, so and that's. That's going to be a ability block right there. So if he's able to, I don't want to say recruit, but if he's able to scout well and they're able to draft well, I mean, it's a start. You're right. I, I think it's a, it's a start. And and speaking of starts, um, so Carson Wentz got traded today, and he got basically traded for a Chinese poo-poo platter. But my question for you guys and for this group is really, given the amount of sort of trade activity that's going on, especially with quarterbacks, is the NFL really sort of becoming like the NBA where guys demand a trade and all of a sudden we trade them and and that's that? Because while there's always been trades in the NFL, quarterbacks don't move. And now we've had three quarterbacks in the last two weeks move. And this is starting to feel very NBA-ish, for which I like. I like the idea that uh that we can get more action in the trades and personally the eagles are shit and <laughs> i'm happy as a giants fan that they're out of the division so you know i'm all about going duck hunting when it comes to these eagles but uh i'm curious do you guys feel like this is becoming more like the nba with the trades or or are these just outliers i i i i think it's in the direction a little but I think what, what's funny is that there are people in, say, you know, the Philly area who would argue that, that Wentz was more of, uh, you know, one of these, you, you know, think of the laundry list. I, I mean, there are so many NFL quarterbacks that looked really great for a season and a half. Um, you know, Mark Rippin, you know, I, I can name a ton. That's usually the type of people who beat the Bills in the playoffs. The Bills ends, but, but, um, but, Scott Mitchell. Yeah, Scott Mitchell is one that comes to mind right away, right? You know, uh, uh, who, who was the guy the Bills signed, the USC kid, uh, Rob something, or Rob Johnson. Rob Johnson. Rob Johnson. Um, there have been so many NFL guys that, that have one or one, have 20 good games. And, um, they parlay it into huge money, and then a year and a half later, the team is just dying to get rid of them. So I, I don't know that this was a Wentz power play as much as it was a Wentz not liking what was happening and the Eagles saying, you know what, my God, we can actually get some decent stuff for this guy. Sure. Hey, where do you end up going, the Colts? Yeah, he went to the Colts for a third and a conditional – second that could turn into a first 
next year. That's what he went for. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, I mean, uh, Wentz didn't win that Super Bowl. Big Dick Nick did. So let's not forget that. Okay. True. Facts. So, but he got him there. But he helped get him there, though. But he did help get him there. But I'm just saying, listen, I, I, I mean, I think you'll be okay with the Colts. I mean, the Colts have a competent coach and a decent, you know, uh, you know, program, whatever you want to call it, organization. They'll probably put him up there and, you know, they'll be, he'll be fine. I mean, they, they had old man Phillip Rivers last year, right? And damn near, you know, won their division. So anything's possible. Sure. And, and, and your Kevin Garnett voice, anything is possible. Um, anything is possible. Yeah, any, any anything is possible, but yeah, I, I don't know. I I like the idea of that level of movement. I know it's difficult with the cap. I mean, speaking of movement, um, Brian, I think it's a real. It's in the air. It's a real possibility that the Steelers cut Ben um, because you know forty one million dollars for a thirty eight year old quarterback coming off an elbow injury. Um, and in and, and a draft with so many quarterbacks, I think you got to think about it, don't you? I think you have to. And I was uh, – what was I listening to? I think I was listening to Colin Cowher's show, and he had one of his insiders on. And so he was talking about how, from the Steelers' perspective, they're looking at it thinking that there might not be any – a lot of teams are looking at next year's draft in terms of quarterbacks, and they don't see what they like. So that's why you see a lot of movement this year because people don't feel like there's Kenny coming in down the pipe next year. So it's possible that, yes, uh, that they make a move. $41 million is just insanely too much for a 38-year quarter. You would give $41 million to Tom Brady. Like just You you would, but you're not going to give it to Ben Roethlisberger. And so he said that he would take a cut. He said he'd take a pay cut. Uh, I think that's great and that's awesome, but is he going to take enough for them to uh, – for him to stay, not to mention the fact supposedly they're in the J.J. Watt sweepstakes and Juju is a um, free agent. So all things told, it's going to be an interesting offseason for them. Yeah. J.J. Watt. I think it it will be. Pat, you have thoughts on J.J. being free? Uh, Not really, other than, you know, I got some Browns friends, uh, friends that are Browns fans that were uh, sending me boner pics because they think he's going (laughs) to sign there. (laughs) I'm like, why would he go to Cleveland? Like, like, I I was was like, really, why would he go there? I mean, they're close. The Browns are certainly a better situation than Houston. But I mean, like Dennis was saying in text the other day, like he's probably better off with Green Bay or and possibly uh, what the Steelers have like. Eight, J- eight Watt kids playing for him or something like that. So, yeah, pretty it's much. Should be, they could just be yeah. the Pittsburgh Watts, you know? Let's fuck it. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just change, change, change the name on the plot. I do, I just, I do want to say, though, I think it's pretty clear at this point, too, that um, the Houston Texans are the dumbest franchise in the NFL. Like, I don't think it's really <laughs> not even close. Uh, not even, it's, 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 it's just not close. And, and and I mean that in the sense of just their ability to manage a crisis, like this. Some of the, the like what they're going through is so self-inflicted. Um, it's 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 tone deaf on the level of a U.S. senator going to Cancun while the people of this state freeze to death. 
it's it's oh it's, it's, it's it's on that level, but <laughs> but, but I, I I digress. I'll, I'll inter- I'm going to interject on the Texans real quick. I have no actual basis of fact in saying this, but my suspicion is that we and we've talked about this stuff in the past where. Analytics is great for keeping some things honest in terms of like in the basketball world, stopping guys who can't shoot 18 footers from shooting 18 footers. But don't go so far as to say 18 footers are bad because Kevin Durant can still shoot 18 footers. That's Um, right. Houston feels like to me that that first domino was them believing the analytics that wide receivers aren't that important but missing the mark that they actually had a special talent. And, yeah. and and that Hopkins domino was the first one. I mean, they had a shit ton else go wrong this year. Don't don't get me wrong. But, well, but, but that was probably the first time that Watson was like, what the fuck? But Al, like, was it, but wasn't the Watkins thing, or not Watkins, but the Hopkins thing, wasn't that sort of their, they had an asshole coach too, like that it was yes. just a complete shithead. But again, yeah. you know, these, these companies hire these people that don't speak the language of the modern athlete. And, you know, that's a whole other topic of how you feel about modern athletes. Most of, you know, the people that watch the NFL are the shut up and do your job type people, but that's not how the world works now. And, you can't be handling people like that the way that they treated him on the way out the door. And that guy was an asshole. What was his name? His name name is Bill O'Brien. O'Brien, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think his name is Bill. My issue with them is not necessarily Bill O'Brien, whether or not he was good or he was bad. In my mind, he was the Houston version of Marvin Lewis. He was going to get you to the playoffs, but that was about it. But in Cincinnati, that level of success hadn't been seen in so long. They were happy with it. They were okay with it. My big issue issue with them seems to be that they want to replicate what New England has. Why are you hiring all the people that that worked in New England? (laughs) You're not going to be able to replicate that because they had the most successful head coach and the most successful quarterback of all time. You can't replicate that on the fly. I don't care how much institutional knowledge you have. Well, and their owner died too, didn't he, a couple of years ago? So, like, <laughs> not well, to say that that has anything to do with it, but I, I think his wife runs the team now or some shit. Well, no, his son runs the team, but his his dad was the one when they when like Kaepernick was uh, first doing his thing. His dad was the one who famously said, "We can't have the inmates run the asylum." Yeah, he was an there. asshole. I think his name was Bob Bob McNair. That's yeah, I remember yeah. right. He's an yeah. asshole. Yeah, and He's I just think now. that yeah, I just think that that's the issue that you guys are trying so hard to be New England when you should just focus on trying to be the Houston Texans. Like, stay in your lane. Like, Tom Brady's not walking through that door. Bill <laughs> Belichick's not walking through that door. Dennis, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, we, we saw it in the NBA, right? When, when people tried to replicate what Golden State was doing, people thought, oh, oh, we're going to catch up to them. I, and, and I mean, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of good teams that gave Golden State trouble. But it's like, if you're trying to replicate what they're doing, but you don't have the players that they have – 
you're actually playing into their hands. But and, not and even they, the players, Alan. They had special transcendent players. Like not the best. Right. They had the best. They had the best shooting backcourt of all time. There's nothing. You're not going to be able to replicate that. You know, uh, no. you just can't. You, you can't replicate you know, that. Sorry, sorry, I, I got us off course there. But th- that's what this reminds me of. Is they're trying to replicate a New England situation. That I, I mean, sometimes people just have to recognize with sports that. Yes, there's great players. Yes, there can be great coaches. Every now and then, there's also that little bit of lightning in a bottle um, that you just can't capture. Yeah, you can get hot and get unconscious. I mean, Giants won two Super Bowls catching lightning in a bottle. The Eagles won with lightning in a bottle with a backup quarterback. So, you know, you can analytics something to death, but there's no analytics in the world that could make up that is going to tell you that Nick Foles is going to light the world on fire for two months. You it's know. a moment in time. Yeah, it, it, that's all. That's all it is. And when it comes together, it comes together. And speaking of coming together, um, apparently the Nets are just going to dare everybody to score 130, and they're not going to play any defense. And tonight they they play the Lakers, and this isn't you know the real matchup because Kyrie and KD are out and Anthony Davis is out. But what's your take on the Nets now that you've seen them? Because my sense of the Nets is I don't see anybody beating them in the East. They remind me of of really of those. And it's ironic that Nash is their coach, but it really reminds me of those Nash teams in Phoenix where they just said to hell with defense. We're going to come out here and score 130 and we dare you to match us. And nobody has the horses of the East to <laughs> go up with these guys unless MB becomes Wilt Chamberlain and just dominates them in the post. Otherwise, I don't see it. But what do you guys think? Uh, you know, Dennis, it's funny you used that example. Um, so so, so a, a couple things. That so first of all, and, and I'm not here to get into the, the big argument thing, but Based on what we saw of Kevin Durant in 2017 and 2018 and 2019 before the injury and what we're seeing now, you know, again, I'm not here to debate who the best player is, but my God, does he belong in the conversation Um, to be what he is right now that quickly after that injury, my God. Um, So now that that's said, um, I'm I'm with you. I I I, I do think that that it's go, it's going to be one of those situations where the 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 players are going to have to boot the analytics and like I could see the Sixers with assuming full health um, with Simmons and Embiid shooting like 70% from the floor on two-point shots and Seth Curry there and maybe Harris. I could see the Sixers beating them, um, but that's about it. That, that That's about it. They're going to they're gonna be really t- – it's hard to see an Eastern Conference team beating them four out of seven. Uh, watch unless, for sure. Unless Cleveland gets in. Cleveland beat them a couple of times, didn't they? But I know that they're going to get in. They got all kinds of problems. <laughs> I just hope they play the Knicks first round. That's what oh, I, I hope they play. The, 
So no, 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 no. I'm gonna hold on. I'm car- I'm carving out some time for Nick's corner. Um, so I, 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 the Knicks have been a revelation. And what's, what's interesting about the Knicks is not necessarily that they're playing well or that, um, they've got some guys that have sort of resurrected themselves. Um, Randall being, um, one of them, um, an old Kentucky guy for you, Pat, but what's what's surprising to me about the Knicks is the they're playing well with this specific coach. That's what's surprising to me. <laughs> because, Wait a minute, what's wrong with Tom Thibodeau? <laughs> because he has a tendency to run his teams into the ground. Oh yeah, he'll, he's he's doing, he's working on that. He's working on it. <laughs> yeah, but what's that, what's weird? Uh, honestly, like, yeah. Go ahead, Alan. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the 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 complaining in the Knicks community is that they should be developing young guys more and playing some of the old guys less. So it's been kind of strange. Um, but 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 I will say, if, if, if Pat has any questions about my criticisms in the past of Tom Thibodeau, he can make a phone call to Amari, Amari Stoudemire's niece. I was thinking of Derek Rose's niece. I, I always get those two mixed up when I'm ripping on my two least favorite coaches. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> But the uh, um, you, 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 the the shit of it is is God bless that Fred Van Fleet fumble, man, man does that hurt right now watching this team play? They um, can use yeah. him if they yeah. had. I mean, is he? I mean, he's not. You know, he he's not he's not Bradley Beal by any stretch of the imagination. But but damn it, he's a solid one A player. You know, if he's your 1A and you've got good peace, and, and, and if he's your 1A and Julius Randle's your 1B, you can win a playoff series. Um, yeah, I agree. But but uh, but I'm with you, Dennis. I, I can't think of anything more fun for this league, and I'm which means it'll somehow magically happen, than a Brooklyn Knicks first round series. I mean, that would be a blast. I mean, honestly, well, one of the things I've really enjoyed is um, Nick's Twitter. Um, Nick's fans on Twitter are absolutely beside themselves for a team that is like one game under 500. Like, that's how desperate they are to root for a competitive team. So the idea is so the idea that they might play Brooklyn first round is like, you know, I, I don't know that they're going to be able to comprehend. You just hope that there's enough vaccine available to where they can have some fans in the stands, um, because that would just be awesome to see. Well, and by I, the I, way, by, go ahead. Pat. As I was going to say, Julius Randle is uh, uh, second in minutes right now in the league. He plays thirty six point seven minutes per game, and there's only one guy that plays more. And this is surprising: James Harden. It averages thirty seven minutes a game this year for, for a guy out of shape. That's pretty good. That's pretty damn good for a guy that likes them titty bars. That's a man that he's there every night, hoisting up shots. <laughs> Faithful. I, I, I um, believe the correct term is booty club, but you booty, know. okay. I, 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 I will say this, I, and I and I <laughs> I had I had reservations of the hire because once he once they hired, I was like, oh well, this team's going to be out have they're going to be out of gas by February, just because <laughs> just because that's how Thibodeau goes, but. Um, but man, like they have been impressive. 
they 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 have been they have been impressive at least to me uh, and certainly me and alan are um um uh, fans of obi so uh we are obi stands so i think all things considered my expectation is the playoffs like i don't think i don't think that's unrealistic for them to get into the playoffs and i'll take my chances after that no i think i, 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 I think that makes sense i i will add on to that um, and, and this is not fair to, to Tibbs, you know. I mean, you can evaluate coaches a lot of different ways. Um, I look at him and now, now. I'm really getting the fucking Knicks fan dream work because you guys know I've, I've wanted a I've wanted a Knicks Golden State final for my entire freaking life. It's never going to happen, but that's my utopia. But um, I view Tibbs as Mark Jackson. Um, I, I think Tibbs is the little bit of a tone setter. Hey, start giving a shit about defense, those types of things. But I think that they're going to they're going to need to have you know maybe have another good draft, maybe a free agent signing. Uh, quickly looks like the deal, um, and then they're going to get and then maybe Tibbs gets them to like a 52, 55 win thing. And then ownership might have to make a tough call of like, hey, we've got to upgrade if we're really going to win this freaking title. Um, is it, kind of my – I don't know if Tim is capable of winning a championship. Um, it's just, just the offensive creativity isn't there, but we'll see how it is. No, you I, – I, 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 I can see somebody coming in and taking over. He's, he could be Mark Jackson. And, and by the way, I'm a quiet – Knicks fan. I've always kind of enjoyed the Knicks over the life, my, you know, watching the NBA and, you know, I'm looking at the numbers, man. They got some, they got, this is a good looking team. I mean, they're young. I mean, they've got, they've got way more Kentucky players than they need. I mean, I'm seeing so far, <laughs> I'm seeing four names here. I got Randall. I got, what do we got? Quickly, Noel, Kevin Knox. So who else is on this squad? It's crazy. It's like uh, it's like it's all set up for them to replace Thibodeau with John Calipari once he gets fired after this season. So <laughs> yeah, it's going to be. They're not, it's gonna, they're not firing Calipari. There's no way that you can't fire that dude. Oh, he can be anybody. Can be oh, fired, man. Listen, it is bad in Kentucky right the now. The honeymoon is the honeymoon is long, <laughs> long over. Oh, it's- it's bad you got down there. you got people on Twitter talking about uh, he should have won three titles and he only got one. <laughs> I mean, and that's a valid statement to a certain extent. Like, you know, that team that 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 was undefeated until the tournament that should have been the national title team. But is that the team that got beat by Wisconsin and Frank no, Kaminsky and those guys? Well, that's sure is. Team. <laughs> it sure it sure is. And I'll tell you what, that's the last. Time I fo- that's the last season I followed Kentucky basketball. It died for me that night, and I I, I, I just don't care about it anymore. <laughs> I just really I mean, don't. I, I mean but, honestly, I knew that Wisconsin wasn't going to win the title game after they beat Kentucky because they just ran out of gas. For them, beating Kentucky was their national title game. Not unlike Ohio State this year. Ohio State beat Clemson in the Sugar Bowl. They won the title. And there was no team in America that was going to beat Alabama this year. I don't. Oh know no. no. So no. so 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 Ohio State had you know nothing to hang their hat about in Wisconsin the same way. So much so I don't even remember who Wisconsin lost to in the title game. I just remember them 
beating that Kentucky team. No, they lost. Duke. They lost to Duke. They lost Duke, to Duke. Yeah, to Duke. it was. It was going to be, and Kentucky could have beat Duke that year for sure. I, that yeah. was just that was a perfect opponent to deal with a coach that doesn't know how to use Carl Anthony Towns. Basically, is and his loyal his his fucking loyalty to those twins. Uh, and how many minutes those motherfuckers got is a whole nother. I remember, I remember, the, twins. Twins. I remember yeah. the twins. I remember the twins. The Harrison twins. That, uh, it was a whole thing, man. That that's so so. That, but, so speaking of of uh, things that have been set up well for people, I I would be remiss if I didn't bring up how hot Utah is right now. That they are something like twenty and one. Over their last 21 games, I mean, they are just – they've only lost five games this year. They're running through teams, but they seem to me to be a team that's peaked – they may be peaking too early. But 24 and 5, uh, just just so you know. I'm the man on the uh, on the Google. Uh, yeah. I haven't watched them. Uh, you'll have to ask Alan. He's got the NBA package. I mean, if, if their lineup is what it looks like to me, which is Gobert, Mr. fucking COVID, uh, Conley <laughs> – Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, and Jordan Clarkson. This team is twenty-four and five. Are you fucking kidding me? That's all I gotta yeah. say. Yeah. I mean, you gotta be. Clarkson fucking just dropped me. forty the other day. I mean, you gotta be shitting me. There ain't no fucking way they're gonna win a title. But well, I, I'll, well, they, they, go ahead, Alan. Here's what I'll tell you. And this is no bullshit. I've I've probably watched five Jazz games this year, which is probably five more non-jazz playoff games than I've watched the last five years. Um, They defend pretty good. And as much as I hate Quinn Snyder for the fucking greasy little weasel that he is, (laughs) they they, they run some good shit. They do. They run good shit. And let me tell you, watch a jazz game and when Royce O'Neal Royce O'Neal checks in. Watch what he does when he's on the court. He's he tends to be a matchup problem offensively. He defends pretty well. They play really good defense in Utah, and it see they started the year beating people because they were shooting the shit out of the ball. Like like they I, I think they beat Denver one time and just I mean it was just three after three after three after three. And so they have those nights here. In the, it's the NBA. Everybody has those nights. But, um, I, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, so, so, so I'll make one of those weird contrarian statements of, I don't think he should start in the All-Star game, but he deserves to be in the MVP conversation. That that's how good he's been in, in the games that I've watched him play. Well, he's not starting the All Star game that came out today. He's he's right. definitely not starting the All Star. Um, so, so so like I said, I when, when I look at the West, wait 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 wait, hold on a second. The All Star did they not pick it like they normally do? It's just back to the old way. Yes, yeah, back yeah, to the, the old way. Yeah, the starters oh, okay. are out today. Okay, but, uh, but but the, but we don't have no 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 no. They have the captains. They just named the starters. So Durant and LeBron are captains. But but to your point, um, you know he's not going to start in the West. I mean, like Dame Lillard is going to have to come off the bench. So like the West First is of all, just the West. non-starter. Dame Lillard can't come off the bench. Well, maybe I don't know. But but he, I, I do I I, I do want to talk about Dame. But but just to finish the Utah point, it. If Anthony Davis isn't healthy, Utah can get to the finals. 
Absolutely. Ab- I mean, the, the, the West is still the superior conference, but it's a touchdown more to mediocre than it used to be. Hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Let me just read some of these names real quick. Jordan Clarkson, Bojan Bogdanov- Bogdanovich. Who, who probably shoots 40% from three. Joe Ingles. Who also probably shoots 40% from three and runs Don't let him set his feet. Runs a great pick and roll. <laughs> Royce, Rolls Royce O'Neal and old ass Derek Favors and Georgie's Niang. Come on, man. This, this ain't a fucking final team. Oh, Niang. If, if, I, I like if, anybody with old man game. He's got old man game. <laughs> dude, dude, I'm telling you, if AD is hurt, look at the rosters for the rest of the West and tell me who's better. Well, you can go ahead and count on him being hurt. They ran him out there the other night, and he was hurt and got even hurt worse because they're fucking idiots. Can I can I give you a team that is interesting that I think is interesting to watch? They're not going anywhere, but um, I got to say, Phoenix is interesting. Phoenix is fun. They're fun. They're, they, they're not going to do anything. They're, they're fun. They're I, not they doing anything, be, but they're fun. They might get out of the first round, depending on the matchup. I, I feel like... Booker is a go-to player. Paul with the Chris Paul with the knowledge and the urgency. I feel like they can get out of the first round. I, I don't know about anything other than that, but I just feel like, given Utah's chemistry, Alan, to your point about some of the sets that they run, um, if AD's held, if he isn't healthy, this team. My only concern is they could be peaking too soon, because the, a lot of these teams that win twenty some odd games like this. In a row, they don't often win the title. Um, so that's my my concern with them. Um, but but it, it remains it remains to be seen. I do want to say though that um, uh, just how special Damian Lillard is. That every time this guy walks on the court, he walks with a level of confidence, and it's not cocky. Like a lot of guys are cocky, but he walks with a level of supreme confidence and it oozes out of him in a way in which his teammates respond. And you don't really see that much anymore where one guy can elevate everybody's level of play. I mean, LeBron clearly does that, but really this is like, it reminds me a lot of guys in terms of mentality and their effect on the game. It reminds me a lot of, the way LeBron elevates his teammates to play above themselves or the way Kobe could do that, the way Jordan and Magic could like, and Bird could like pull the very best out of the, I mean, Tristan Thompson got an $80 million deal simply because he was playing next to LeBron. And Tristan Thompson is a good player, but in no universe is he worth $80 million. And can I, can I, say, can Lillard, I say something? <laughs> please. I'm just tired of fucking LeBron James. I mean, I'm just tired of him. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's, I Tom, just, I he's, mean I, he's Tom Brady for you. He's going to be uh, here for a while. Wait, I have a different relationship with Tom Brady than I have with LeBron James. I'm fucking sick. I'm sick of him. Uh, Alan, <laughs> you need to talk a little bit on this because I've said this before. If if your highlights of your early career are in standard definition and you're still playing <laughs> in the NBA, like your early, your first season, your entire first season is in SD, your game <laughs> highlights. 
You've been at the party too fucking long. I want him to hang him up. I'm tired of him. For for me, it's not so much that. It's just that I I just need to I need to disconnect from the the wave of LeBron social media. You know, like if if you tweet out something like that was a sweet shot by Dane, you're going to get bombarded by like 400 tweets of like, oh, but he's not LeBron. LeBron has blah blah blah. That that's the shit that's worn me out. It, It is just this. This idea that you can only enjoy one superstar at a time. You have to completely devote yourself to him and and, and nothing else. And, and well, that's I, a very much a cultural thing, though. I, I, yes. I'll shift. I'll shift my stance. I, let's go Utah. I'm going to root for the Mormons in the West because I hate the fucking Lakers so bad. Yeah, my I only mean, beef hate- with the. My only beef with Utah is I want them to give the name back to New Orleans. That's my only. Well, I've beef. said that for years. It's ridiculous <laughs> that they. Sign me up for Phoenix. I, I, <laughs> I do want to go back to Dennis's original comments on Dame, though. I mean, uh, before all this nonsense hit, I actually took Ayla, uh, you know, my oldest daughter, to a Cavs-Portland game. She got to high-five Dame and Carmelo and McCollum. And what what Dennis talked about is very accurate. He has an aura the entire time he is on that court. And then it, it, as, as, as it wasn't evident at the time that it happened, but adding Carmelo to that, and again, Carmelo's not perfect, little past his prime, wasn't a great defender when he was in his prime. But now you've got two guys who just have an attitude of, yeah, you might beat me today, but you've got to beat me. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to just lay down and say, oh, yeah, because you're so-and-so, I'm going to let this happen. Like Bill Simmons used to say, even if Carmelo wasn't as good as LeBron, he loved the fact that Carmelo thought that he could still beat LeBron. And and, uh, and the, that mindset that the two of them bring is perfect for that young team and those young shooters, like Gary Trent Jr., is fearless, you know. And I like his game. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of it is because of what Dennis talked about—that that mindset that Dame that Lillard brings. And like I said, I, I think Carmelo's addition helps it too. Of just like, hey, we're just going to play, and uh, and they're a fun team to watch. Yeah, and I think it's a little easier to play when you know you've got, you're playing with a guy that if you guys can just do your job and keep it close, he's going to make a play. And to me, that's what's frustrating about a team like Dallas because you have that type of player in Luka. And Luka, honestly, is my favorite player in the league because Luka, I don't know how else to describe it other than to say he just has old man game. In the sense of there's nothing really flashy or athletic about his game, yet no one can take the ball from him. He's stronger than he looks, and he dominates the game. I mean, he dominates it to the point where, and I was listening to something the other day, and this got pointed out, and it kind of blew my mind. Why does Luka average more rebounds than Zion Williamson? In no universe should that ever happen, and yet it's true. Uh, And he... You've heard me, Dennis. That's I recognize the physical gifts of Zion, 
but the, his rebounding stats get to me. But, but, but back to your point, it reminds me of you, a, a friend of mine that went to Otterbein and played overseas for a while. And, 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 and we still kind of interact here and there. And he, he was talking about how, like, you know, it's men over here. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if we think we see physical play, he was like, oh, no. So, so Luca has been through this since like age 15, right? Of just these freaking 30 year old European men just beating the shit out of him. And he was and, dominating. Like he yes. was MVP of the Euro League at like 17 or something. Yes. I mean, I, Luca's yeah, I just fantastic. Really, I just really enjoy him. And like I said, I don't know how else to describe it other than just old man game. Like, he just plays with a certain knowledge that's beyond his years. And again, he's not flashy. He's not super athletic. But I'll be damned if uh, if no one sort of takes the ball from him or dominates him. And he's not – I don't think he's not necessarily elevating his teammates. I just wish – I think it's more on his teammates to match him in the level of play. And maybe that comes in time. I don't know. But um, I, I would hope that – that they could do that because they're playing with someone who's truly, truly special. He is. Well, and, and Dennis, yeah. to that point, I, I, I think some of that can be solved by pace, but, but you make a good point. They've got a guy who in theory with some coaching, whatever, I mean, he, he's got the skills to get to magic level because that's the difference, right? It's like, I mean, some guys, you know, Kobe, Jordan, elevated their teammates just because they wouldn't accept any less. But then there's the level up from – they wouldn't accept less than their best. They would abuse these guys if they didn't play the right way. But the step up from that was what we saw in the 80s from Magic and Bird, where I'm going to expect excellence from you, but I'm also going to be such a floor general that I'm going to make you better by putting you into positions to succeed. And so I'm curious to see if Dallas can get to the point and if Luca has that... And, and, and I'm not I, I'm, again. I, I the goat argument fucking exhausts me, so I'm not interested in getting into that. But there's a very big difference between how Jordan elevated his teammates and how Magic elevated his. And um, I'm interested to see it because because Luca obviously does not have the Jordan asshole DNA. So let's not yet. See, let's see if he can be the Magic, just by learning and learning and learning just constantly puts his teammates in a position to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I do want to touch on real quick, do you guys think we should be playing an all-star game? Um, yes. Why not? <laughs> I, 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 you know what? Honestly, I can take it or leave it. I can take it or leave it. If you want to, fine. If not, that's cool. Too. I mean, it, it, it's fine if they play it, but then it's like, well, then why did you do all these scheduling restrictions and people playing the same team, you know, back-to-back days? And all, I mean, if that didn't add any value, then why are you bringing everybody 
together in the middle of the season. I just think it's unfair to ask NBA players to go to Atlanta and say, no, you have to stay in your hotel room. That's not realistic on any level, <laughs> especially when in Atlanta they are living like COVID doesn't exist. Oh, um, yeah, they are. Yeah. After <laughs> the movie, we wouldn't stand for it. I was going to say, we can, we can guarantee James Harden's ass ain't going to be in the hotel that weekend. <laughs> um, or, or he brings the party to the hotel room. Well, we assume he's getting a hotel. He'll probably VRBO some big ass place. Like that's probably what these guys do. I mean, he he's not staying at the goddamn Hilton downtown, right? I mean, he's probably got a fucking like Omni, <laughs> the Omni in Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, bring back all the all the the old stadiums. Yeah, I just personally, I I think it's I think it's not the responsible thing to do. But money talks, and apparently they their TV partners are putting pressure on them to put the All Star Game on. But I just don't, I, I just don't think that you know it makes sense. Although I will say I am absolutely ecstatic that at least we get March Madness. I will say that that at least we Hell get yeah. March Madness because it 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 really broke my heart last year when they canceled the whole thing. I mean for. You, I don't. I know I'm speaking, preaching to the converted here, but that is, you know, one of my personal religious holidays, and I don't like to miss that um, for any reason. But um, that was that was something else. So it'll be the um, it'll be the first college basketball I watch all year. I mean, that's just how I roll now. Well, you know what? And, and side side question though, because me and Des kind of talked about this off and on. Like generally speaking, you know. When do you get into college basketball? Is it after football season ends? For me, it's becoming later and later into yeah. basketball. Like, 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 I'm just now turning the corner where it's like, okay, I'm into basketball now. Like every um, year, it takes me like a little longer, but then once I get into it, I'm committed a hundred percent. But if there's football on, like football wins out every time for me. And what's ironic is basketball is the first thing I ever fell in love with. But it just it takes like right now I'm watching the Laker game and I'm like into this Laker game. But if this Laker game was played like two months ago, I'd have been like, ah, I'll find something. There's a football game on somewhere. If, if you would have asked me, you know, 2015, Pat, if I was in, you know, when did I start watching college basketball? It was from the rip, right? Because I used to follow it closely so i would be watching all the games and all that shit but i mean you know since i've kind of dipped on it i don't really watch it at all so i only watch it now when the tournament starts and i don't know who's good anymore and i can't even believe that that's my life now but that's what i am i'm not a well, sports yeah, fan at just, all and that's just well, i ball i'll say i know duke is terrible i and certainly kentucky we talked about that they're terrible. I guess Michigan State might not make the tournament at some point. And Ohio State's fourth. So I've been sleeping a lot, apparently, on college basketball. Yeah. So speaking of things that, um, you know, are could be surprised, could be categorized as surprising, um, is um, baseball had their Hall of Fame vote and no one got in. And so I've been itching <laughs> – Pat, to <laughs> talk to you about this, to get your take on um, whether or not you thought that was the right call, and are you surprised, um, not surprised, I should say, do you think that the top three guys, which were Schilling, Bonds, and Clemens, 
where you do you think at some point they'll get in? Because I think well, their last year to be the their last year to be on the ballot, I think, is next year. So, so what you're your asking the right. Me? I was going to say, you're asking the right guy because I'm an actual Hall of Fame member, as so is Alan. So uh, we 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 take this shit seriously. Why? I don't know. I'm a grown man that uh, really shouldn't matter. This shouldn't matter to him. But um, I, I think that Hall of Fame voting is, is a joke, especially by writers. Um, most of the writers that are – a good portion of the writers that get a vote, you know – a lot of them probably didn't see the bulk of Barry Bonds' career and 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 uh, and and uh, Clemens and whatnot, but uh, I guess we've had these things happen before, right? Where we get nothing, we don't get a, we don't get somebody enshrined. I suppose you know there's some baggage that comes with all of them. Obviously, Schilling turned into a uh, a little bit of a stooge uh, for <laughs> right wing shit. Uh, but whatever. I mean, he was a good pitcher. And Alan and I used to debate before he turned into a right wing asshole whether he was a Hall of Fame pitcher. And I guess I think we probably landed a couple of different places in the past. He probably is, you know. Uh, but I, I guess my my concern is, you know, avoiding the elephant in the room, which is the fact that Clemens and Bonds are in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it's kind of a joke at this point. I think the Veterans Committee will eventually get them in, and I I think the Hall of Fame is going to have to deal with it. At the end of the day, it's a museum, right? It's a museum to uh, enshrine people that played the game really well, and there's plenty of people in there that have questionable backgrounds and all that good shit, you know, so why not just have them in? Uh, And I will say that Pete Rose does, never belongs in there. Uh, and then I'll turn it over to Alan. Alan, what are your thoughts? I backed off because I didn't want to say a bunch of shit and then after I've done this, delete it all because I'm so goddamn brilliant. But um, <laughs> uh, so, so, so my take on Halls of Fame is uh, mind-blowing numbers or incredible moments um, or a combination of the two is even better. For example, I fully support Sandy Koufax being in there, even though he what he pitched what like ten years or something ridiculous, but he was incredible. Um, when Schilling retired, I would have voted for him. Um, yeah, yeah, we said that. And, and uh, um, it, 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 it's weird to try to reconcile when somebody turns into that much of an asshole if you still want to reward them with something. So uh, I, I haven't reconciled that yet, so I'll cast him to the side. Um, what I know about Bonds is that I, I've always had the Major League Baseball package, and I used to set a timer based on my feel for the West Coast games so that I would flip over to the Giants games to watch his at-bats. He's the greatest hitter I ever saw. Before he was that, he was a three-tool guy who um, beat the shit out of my Mets all the time. I have no problem voting him into the hall. Um, I actually wouldn't vote for Clemens, and people can call me a hypocrite all day, but he had three shitty seasons in Boston before he went to Toronto. Um, And he's a dick. 
and and you know maybe <laughs> the people the people who vote for the Hall of Fame get to not vote for people. You know that you know there was somebody who didn't vote for Ken Griffey Jr. So you know what? Fuck comments. I'll be the guy who doesn't vote for him. Um, <laughs> and that's from the heart. <laughs> uh, I get the Manny hate because he actually had a physical negative test. Uh, still feels hypocritical to me. One of the four best right-handed hitters I ever saw. Funny thing in baseball, you don't see a lot of great right-handed hitters. Um, so, so he would get my vote. Uh, the Todd Helton thing kind of pisses me off a little bit. Um, that people still try to use the the Colorado stigma, uh, even though the the science and math have started to show that that's gone down. Um, that that seems silly to me. He he was a great player. Um, and, and the, the the last hill that I'll die on is uh, fucking Omar Vizquel. I mean, I know Boats started backing off because he likes to beat the shit out of women. But if we're starting to vote in people like Omar Vizquel, who was a great defensive shortstop, let's stop that energy and get with the veterans committee to get Keith Hernandez voted in because he's the greatest freaking defensive first baseman that ever walked here. So, so that's my brief Hall of Fame take. <laughs> yeah, so when it comes to the Hall of Fame, um, you know, first of all, when it comes to baseball, I normally seek you guys out because you guys know I never followed baseball um, as closely as you guys did, and I stopped following it early on as I got older. So I'll just say that Bonds was was and still is my favorite player, the best player I've, I've ever saw. Um, but my issue with the Hall of Fame is you've got writer – in my mind, the writers are complicit in the steroids era because they could have called it out and turned a blind eye and got caught up in Sosa McGuire 20-some years ago and for those guys to come back now and then say, well, this guy didn't, shouldn't be in because he used or we think he used or we know he did. But there are guys in the Hall of Fame statistically that used, that you voted for, and you didn't know that they used. Like statistically, it's impossible to think about it through any other prism. It's like saying – you are an NFL player, but you never played with another guy that was gay. Statistically, that's impossible. So, or a guy that did steroids. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's statistically impossible. So, this sort of holier than thou sort of we have to protect the integrity and this, that, and the third, and blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I, I really struggle, struggle with that. I, I do think, Alan, you make a good case about. Clemens in the sense of he had three shitty seasons and all of a sudden now this guy's like on top of the world. But in my mind, at least for him and Bonds, those guys were Hall of Fame players before the juice ever started flowing. And I well, hey, that, look, I, I was just, I was just going to say about Clemens' last three years, and, and this is what I'm here for to look at things up. Uh, he was 29 and 25 with an ERA of 3.53. That's shitty for him. And I guess I I would say juxtapose that with two 20-plus win seasons in Toronto at age 34 and 35, I think what Alan was getting at is that, oh, what happened is maybe he got on some magic juice 
or something that allowed him to, uh, I don't know, increase velocity that maybe he was losing at the age of 33. So that's something to think about. And then to your point, Dennis, about, you know, guys that have used shit. I mean, Hank Aaron took amphetamines. A lot of guys did. So, I mean, well, yeah, is, I mean, that's, is, that, a, is that performance enhancing? I, I guess it is, right? I well, mean, it allows well, well, you but, to. But, 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 but yeah, you're, I'm glad you said what you said the way you said it. Because here was my argument for anybody that takes steroids. Everybody remembers shilling in the bloody sock. Everybody remembers that. Because that's the first title Boston wins in a gener in like multiple generations. But in order for him to go out there with the bloody sock, they had to shoot his leg up with cortisone. Cortisone is a steroid. So it's a steroid. So shilling by definition should automatically be disqualified because he's a steroid user. But it no enhanced his performance. It enhanced his performance, but no one brings <laughs> that up. And it's just, to me, hypocritical and a double standard. And as someone who has to live with double standards all the time, it's just incredibly frustrating and exhausting for people to suggest to me, and this is my big pet peeve as I get older now, is people suggesting to me that I didn't see what I saw. Or suggesting that, oh no, you've got it all wrong. It's not really like that. He was just he was just helping him go to sleep. He didn't put his knee on his throat and kill him. Like, what are we talking about? And and I, well, I, I find those I find those little slights at hand, those little wordplay shit. Like I like miss me with that bullshit. Like I I don't like that shit. Well, I should probably say that it wasn't an enhancer, it allowed him to perform, right? And so, and that, and, you know, that's what Pettit, Pettit, Andy Pettit got nailed for performance enhancing. But, you know, he said, and I, I tend to believe him. He said, listen, I, I took this stuff to recover from injuries. Right. And, you know, the guys that took amphetamines and things, they were also trying to skirt injuries, fatigue, all of this stuff that, you know, playing all these fucking games in the middle of summer will wear you out. Right. So I don't know. Uh, did, it's a joke to me just to wrap it up that Bonds isn't in the Hall of Fame. I I could see Clemens. I, I, I kind of see Allen's point that you know maybe he's he, he is an asshole. There's no doubt about that, but I don't know. That's it. That's my last thought. Yeah. So one thing uh we you did mention um uh, is Hank Aaron, and Hank Aaron passed away. And um you know, people always say that, you know, Willie Mays is the, you know, the best living baseball player alive. Um, but I don't think that's true. I, I, I think Hank Aaron was the best living baseball player um, until he passed away. Um, and, and what really sort of did it for me is two things or three things. His career average is north of 300. And from a baseball perspective, that's just huge. Um, he never hit more than 50 home runs, yet he was the home run king. And lastly, if you took away all of the home runs, he still hit he still had 3,000 hits. Yeah. He might not necessarily be the most athletic player or didn't have all the highlight plays, but my God, I mean – in, in my mind, he's probably something akin to Tim Duncan. 
in the sense of there's nothing flashy about this, but I'll be damned if I blink and look up and Tim Duncan's got the quietest 28 points and 17 rebounds you've ever seen. Just consistently, night in, night out, year after year, game after game. To me, Hank Aaron, and, and, and I feel bad in saying this because I should have been better about it when he was living. But then again, this goes back to me not necessarily following baseball as I got older. But Hank Aaron is and was the best baseball player that ever lived. Well, so, so Tennessee, here's what, I, what I'll say. Um, I, 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 I like that you mentioned basketball. I wouldn't go the Tim Duncan uh, day to day. I'm good with the Tim Duncan route, but career wise, to me, he's Kareem. Um, yeah, that, that, that guy where it's like you always kind of had him in your back pocket. You knew he was top ten of all of all time, but you know the marketing shit that goes on now, and you know Nike shoving Jordan and LeBron and Zion up your ass, and and uh, um, you're being convinced that these are the things that matter, and these are the things that matter, and. Uh, but when you start stripping it down to just like raw numbers, it's like, wow. I mean, that Hank Aaron's numbers are freaking incredible. I, I yeah. mean, they, they, they feel impossible. Uh, uh, I mean, to hit 40 homers that many times, uh, I mean, to drive in 2,700 runs, are you kidding me? I mean, how do you do that? And, and it, it reminds me of Kareem where he gets left out of that, that, goat conversation, which, God, I even hate saying the fucking word goat. But it's like, everybody's like, oh, well, I picked this guy because of rings and this guy, this guy because of stats. And you kind of want to be like, wait wait a second, there's there's this other guy over here who, who has the rings and the stats. And if you want to go back into college, he has the rings and the fact that they changed the rules to try to make the game harder for him because he was too good. Um yeah, for me, Kareem and, and, and Hank are, are kind of the same. And, and, and Patrick and I had actually had some texts about this where, like, I, I think I'm I'm starting to reverse some past dances around where I ranked players and just saying, you know what? You know, lacking other evidence, I, I, I think Aaron might be my one. I think Kareem's my one. Uh, in in the other, but uh, I, I don't want to get. I certainly don't want to start talking the goat basketball thing because no, that's <laughs> you know, a, well, well. First of all, well, first of all, Alan, that's a, that's a whole other pod. Yeah, yeah, but 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 that's that's where I'm at with Hank. With when you dig into his numbers and see the enormity of it, and the fact that he played in World Series that nobody talks about, whereas everybody else, their World Series accomplishments are paraded. I didn't even I didn't have it fresh in my mind that he had played in two World Series. Um, he hit over three hundred in both of them, and they actually won one of them. Like, like yeah. th- th- does anybody know that Hank Aaron won a World Series? Most people don't think he did. And, and well, it's, he, it's he crazy. well, yeah, he spent a lot of years with some fledging teams. But to the, Dennis's point, your point was. I think the the thing that stands out is the consistency, right? The fact that, you know, he played 23 years, okay? And he only – he hit 
20 home runs or more in 20 of those uh, 20 out of 23 seasons. Right. And he only hit less than 20, uh, uh, his, uh, his, his rookie year. And when he played 122 games and then his last two years where he hit, uh, 75, 76, he hit 12 and 10, uh, home runs. But I mean, yeah, he had eight years where he hit 40 plus home runs and that consistency is the same thing. I feel the same way about Kareem, right? When you talk about professional sports, like, yeah, yeah, the, 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 the championships and all that stuff that, that makes a lot of people money that you know, the owners and all that shit and the players to get, you know, a lot of notoriety and, and, and prestige from that. But when you just talk about a dude that's playing a sport professionally and you want to talk about someone that just showed up every day and did their job exceptionally well and, and, and markedly better than everyone else, that's Hank Aaron, right? And that's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So that's why I always put those two guys as like, yeah, they played a long fucking time because they were able to. <laughs> it wasn't just happenstance. And, you know, maybe uh, th- th- that should matter, right? To me, it does. So I, I think – you know, Alan and I are in agreement on that. As far as when you talk about the two best players in in basketball and baseball, we have that sorted out. He hasn't quite come around to Tom Brady being the greatest in football, but I'm getting him there. We're gonna slowly get him to that understanding. That yeah, I want, jet, you, I want you. I want long, you. I want you to hold that. Hold that Tom Brady thought. We'll we'll, long get, jet, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Only because, long, get to that. Only because long, Dan Marino would have thrown for eight hundred thousand. We're, we're gonna in, you in just the parking the, lot that Tom Brady comment. We're gonna get to that here in just a second. Um, sure. The other thing I want to say about Hank Aaron, and I think this is important. Then this is not an original thought from me. Like I heard someone else say this, and I agree. And this is someone who has written books about Hank Aaron, who um, who has a rela- who had a relationship with Hank Aaron. It's not it's disingenuous. At least this is this is me speaking. I feel like it's disingenuous to talk about Hank Aaron in the context of, oh, this look at what he had to go through and look what he had to overcome in order to accomplish all of these things. That upsets me to my core when I hear that. Because it's not about what he had to go through. It's about what you did to him. And we have to stop framing this conversation about what he went through and start thinking about it in terms of what you put him through. That he never should have had to go through that. None of them did. But they did and they overcame it. But it's not to get a pat on the back. It's so you learn from that shit and don't put anybody else through it. I mean, even Bonds was getting death threats. Steroids and all, Bonds was getting death threats. We're talking about a fucking kid's game. And some people were putting letters in the mail saying, I'm going to kill you if you hit a home run. Like, how detached from reality do you have to be? And and I just think... And I just feel like when it comes to Hank Aaron, and again, this is not an original thought from me, but ever since I heard it, I can't not think about it in that context. It's about what you did to him and the lack of atonement of the action that was taken. And I think we have to think about 
guys like him and Jackie Robinson and Satchel Paige and all the, the Negro Leagues and all of those guys. By the way, I thought it was long overdue, but I'm glad it happened that the Negro Leagues are recognized as a professional league by the Hall of Fame and all their numbers all of a sudden transfer over, which is long overdue. So honestly, I thought that was a given. I thought that I, I was shocked to know that they, that they made a decision. I thought that was already like a, a thing. No, yeah. they, they, they always saw it as a, I mean, they never put it in the, like if I pull out my, you know, spat baseball stat book or whatever I have here, they have a section with Negro league stats in it, but they don't like say that that's blended somehow. Right. I guess. And now they're, incorporating it into everything else which yeah i mean it's it's it's, it's fucking ridiculous that well it's it's all, listen it's only a separate league because you made it a separate league because like, they 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 wanted it that way <laughs> you know i mean you know the absurdity of it right what's that satchel page story about he pitches like six double headers in three days or something crazy like that oh in like two different cities and like you know, a three-day span or something crazy, but but that's neither here nor there. So lastly, and this is a good note to end on, um, so this Tom Brady business you keep speaking about, that he is the greatest. I will concede that Tom Brady is the most successful quarterback of all time, but I will not concede to you that he is the best quarterback of all time. He is not the best quarterback I've ever seen. For my okay. mind, the best four quarterbacks I've ever seen. Three of them are definitive. One of them is um, we can have an argument about. But the three best quarterback, four best quarterbacks I've seen, in no particular order, are Elway, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Those three guys are better as quarterbacks than Tom Brady. You're not going to convince me otherwise. How many touchdown passes do they have? <laughs> they listen, listen, listen. Brady is a product of. Here's what I would say: is don't tell Brady, me about products. How many no, no, no. touchdown passes does he listen, have? Listen, no, it's still a team sport. What I'm saying is this: Brady is the one player in the history of the NFL that, in my opinion, has completely maximized his ability. He has gotten everything you could possibly get out of the human body to play quarterback in this league or just to play in the league in general. The only person in my mind who comes to mind that even approaches this, who gets the most out of their ability and puts and sacrifices so much in their life to make it happen is LeBron. Other than LeBron, I can think of no other athlete, no other athlete who has completely maximized his ability. I will give Tom Brady that. But I've seen enough football in my life to know Tom Brady down six points with 80 yards to go, two minutes, and no timeouts. That doesn't scare me. I sleep at night with that. I'll take my chances every time. If that's Elway, I shit myself. If that's Rodgers, I shit myself. That is not true with Tom Brady. Okay, so the, let's so let's just call him. Is Mahomes. Let's just call him the greatest professional football player of all time. Then does that make you feel better? Never. No, no, no. no. no Jerry, why not? Jerry, I think Jerry, Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice, Rice, like Jerry Rice is the best football player. Yeah, Jerry yeah. Rice is the best football player. No, no, well, no, no, no. That's a different fucking pod. 
Tom Brady is the most decorated quarterback. In but guys, yeah, he, I, but, yeah. but hold on, hold on, that's guys. The, that's but the truth. The same logic that will apply to guys that have consistency and longevity in other sports. Somehow you want to detract from that because he has 581 touchdown passes because he no no for a no long no time. no no I'm not detra- I'm not is that what you're anything. telling me uh, no I'm not taking anything away from him and what he's accomplished what I'm telling you is when it comes to quarterback play what I have seen in my life what I'm telling you is he's not the best quarterback I've ever seen and he doesn't scare me he never has. For all of his greatness and all the wins and all of the touchdowns, he doesn't scare me. Because for me, he was never a dominant player. He was a good player who maximized his potential, and he had the benefit of playing for the best coach of all time. But he is not the best quarterback I ever saw. I would tell you, Jerry Rice is the best football player that's ever lived, and the reason why I say that is twofold. A, they voted on who the best football players were of all time, and Jerry Rice was number one by a panel of experts. But number two, and this is most important, can Jerry Rice is so dominant. Tell me who the second best receiver of all time is. Randy Moss, but that's I can it's tell you debatable. without hesitation. Is it Randy, Randy Moss, Moss or is it T.O.? Is it T.O.? Is it Chris It's Carter? not T.O. Is it Fitzgerald? It's is it Megatron? Randy. Who is it? No. The fact that that's it's, debatable. That there's no it's, Randy, it's, it's not debatable. I'm telling you it's Randy Moss. You're not debating it. I've already told you who it is. Oh, oh, okay, jackasses. Okay, I, I've got to bring some love here. Okay, I'm going to straighten out some of this shit because you guys are off the rails. All right. There's a three-person argument for the greatest football player of all time. It's John Elway, Walter Payton, and Lawrence Taylor. That's it. I live with that. Because if, if we were kids in the fucking backyard and we're, and we're picking teams... John Elway, Walter Payton, and Lawrence Taylor would go ahead of Randy Moss or Jerry Rice. But God, that fucking Tom Brady probably wouldn't even get picked in the game. But uh, but, but, but that's a different thing. Um, so, so but the greatest quarterback thing. Uh, John Elway only had three hundred touchdown passes. Tom Brady has five hundred and eighty-one. Well, if you put Tom Brady. In Cleveland, in the late 80s, on the one-yard line, needing a touchdown in the snow, the Browns win that fucking playoff game. Easy. I can't do that. I, I only have data in front of me. I only have I only have numbers in front of me. Well, I just have numbers. Again, I'm not taking away from Brady. <laughs> I, I'm just saying that Elway... Had success when I examined the quarterbacks. They the, similar to what, what I what I've talked about with with some other sports. When you look at the drive, every now and then, just look at the moment. Just look at the moment and what happened. The drive. Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. None of them could have pulled off 
all of the plays that John Elway needed for that drive. None of them could have. None of them. Yeah. Best quarterback ever. Elway's specialty, or not specialty, but what makes Elway special is not that he won two titles, not that he played 15, 17 years, however long it was. It's that he drug three shit Denver teams to the Super Bowl. Those teams were shit. Yeah, it was he, he had the three Winder, amigos and Bobby was, Humphrey. Sammy Winder, Bobby Humphrey. He, he was throwing the, the the I can't even remember who the fuck he was. I don't know your mailman. He, man, he like, had Dennis safety, Carl Mecklenburg. Like yeah, Carl like, Mecklenburg. Like listen, shit, I, 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 shit teams. I, I don't know where all this John Elway love comes from. Because I just think he was a decent player. I'm looking at the numbers. I'm just, just let me just tell you right now. Carson Palmer has six less career touchdowns than John fucking Elway. Okay, Come on, man, it's a different time. Hey, it's a different. Warren, Warren Moon has nine less, and he was a peer, a contemporary. Nine less I touchdowns take, than John tell, fucking I'm, Elway. And I would tell. So, you are you guys going to sit here and tell me that John fucking Elway, because he drove uh, in Cleveland? Somehow tr- that moment transcends him to the greatest quarterback of all time. Oh, the fuck out of here. All of y'all are fucking nuts. What I will tell you is that I'll take Warren Moon right now. If you put his numbers up, because he had to go to Canada for six years, Warren Moon statistically is the best quarterback that ever lived. This is true, but but, but I got I to gotta call bullshit on Patrick. You're fucking telling me. That you're trying to throw out Warren Moon's fucking numbers against Elway and, and the fact that he could run pass, he won. I mean, Fran Tarkenton could run and pass, and Fran Tarkenton had 342 touchdowns for his career. Fran, Fran Come on, also, man. Fran Listen, Fran Tarkenton also had a when Fran Tarkenton retired, he was the all-time leader. In passing yards in the NFL, and yes, I know he was. It's fucking scary that I know that shit, but he was. Yes, he was. I, I, I mean, stats are what they are. What I know is that when it came, I mean, you fear Brady now just because the NFL game is scripted. Everybody goes to their nice little defense, <laughs> and then you throw your fucking twelve yard out, out yeah, yeah, and you could you your can't hit anybody. Goal. You but are you telling me the pre? You're trying to tell me the prevent defense didn't exist when John Elway played? Give me a break! Come it, on, man. It existed, but you, you didn't go to it with five minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> no, not against Elway. Fuck no, and, and, do that and, against Elway. But but what I I I assure you that Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, and John Elway would fucking destroy. Most of what we see today. If those guys got to play in this league that is all geared to the offense where you can't touch anybody, they're going to put in records out of reach. If Brady played where you can actually hit somebody, he's going to – like, come on, man. That guy's out of the league. That guy's out of the league. He physically can't hold up. If you could actually hit people, come on, man. I mean, Jordan hey, hey. would be alive. I mean, hey, just hold, hold, bro. Come on. Hold, hold the fuck on just for a second with this Elway <laughs> bullshit. John, take a guess what John Elway's career passer rating is. Just, just take his wild stab. What do you think it is? I don't. Did they, did they even do that when he was a, when he was playing? Yeah, no, yeah. They, they can. Co- it's they a can. Fucking meaningless. Bad. They can they, compute they did it, it. Ret- retroactively. 
Yeah, they can oh. retroactively compute it. So guess where he's at? He's 84th all time. 84th. 79.9 was his fucking passer rating. Okay? Fuck out of here with John Elway, the greatest of all time. You, you guys are fucking stoned. Only thing I can tell you, only thing I tell you is that if you got to hit Tom Brady the way you could hit you hit a quarterback 30, 40 years ago, he he's another quarterback. I will say I will the one thing I'll, I'll say the one thing that's the most impressive thing about John Elway is his winning percentage. Right, that's probably the thing that stands out the most to me. That he would, I think he. If well, I'm looking second, at I it right, I thought that was Brady's big deal too. Was the winning percentage? Now all of a sudden it's important for Elway. Who you used to <laughs> no, 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 no. I never, I never, I never said Brady's winning percentage. I said Brady has the most touchdown passes. To me, when you're when you're talking about a guy that does their job, right? His job is to throw the ball into the end zone and score touchdowns, right? It's you a lot his easier team to do that score. when you can't hit him. It's a lot easier to do that when you can't hit him. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying. I, I, I mean, I, I understand where, you, where you're coming from. I do. I get that, you know, it's I would great. Agree with, I would agree with Alan's assessment but, that I think Brady is probably the most decorated. But if you were choosing from a, I don't want to say from a, uh, a skill perspective, but if you put him against Aaron Rodgers, you're probably going to take Rodgers. And if, and if you're putting him against, um, you know, Elway, you're probably going to take Elway. So, I, I, but I think it's, I think the whole argument itself is subjective. And it's, it's, it's really going to boil down to what your preference is. I prefer a mobile quarterback. I know Elway was a little bit mo- more mobile. So, I would probably take Elway. But, um, and plus, he broke Cleveland Hearts fans. So, like, I'm always, I'm always down with that. <laughs> What's wrong um, with you? I'm sorry. But, but I will tell you this on the assumption that Brady is a Hall of Famer, and we don't know the jury's still out. <laughs> But on the the assumption that he is a Hall of Famer, there's always a running joke that if you were going to go to the Hall of Fame and you turn off it like, you know, everybody's gone and they're picking teams. Who's getting picked first? I can almost guarantee you it's probably not going to be Tom Brady. Yeah, I guarantee that. So, so Tom Brady's just just not not a good quarterback. He's just a, a no. I never said uh, that. I'm just saying he's not the best I ever saw. Where do you rate him at then? Uh, if he's, he's not probably, the best, who's better? He's, he's, he's top five. He, he's top, he's probably top five for me. For me but he's for but me, he's, 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 he's he's not the best. Yeah, for for me, he's probably in that. Uh, he, he's. <laughs> Middling in that uh, Jim Kelly, it's, Joe Montana, at six to area. ten range. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I loved the Bills beating the Dolphins back in the day, but I'll be the first to fucking admit that Jesus Christ, if Dan Marino played right now, fuck, he'd throw for eight thousand yards. Oh, I mean, without, oh yeah, in, six, in sixty <laughs> touchdowns. Yeah, that's why week fourteen. That's why week fourteen. What was it? Forty-eight <laughs> touchdowns and eighty-four. Like, like yeah. yeah, he he puts it he puts it out of reach. Like, there's 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 absolutely no way. I mean, t- truthfully, Pat, this argument you're saying you sound like Cowboys fans who are convinced that Emmitt Smith is the best running back of all time just because he has the most rushing yards of all time. That's horseshit. If you if well, that, we you're gonna bring you're gonna have to bring Seifert on for that. Well, we can bring. Uh, 
Because I don't even I don't I don't think Aaron thinks that M is the greatest of all time, but that I, I don't want to speak no. for him. Listen, listen, any running back conversation, best of all time, if it doesn't end with your top person being either Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, or Walter Payton, your list is suspect. Though well, we can if we, th- that we can agree on. You know what I mean? But I will tell you this. I, there's 10 running backs I'd take over Emmett Smith. 10. Shit, Easy. Shit, there might be 12. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and that's what you sound like when you say Tom Brady is the greatest. No, he's not. He's the most decorated. He's the most successful. He's maximized his ability better than anybody that's ever played football. But he's not the best quarterback I ever saw. Well, you guys it's are wrong, just, but that's fine. It's, it's just it's there just, is no it's there is no Doctor Strange universe in which Tom Brady is a better quarterback than Jim Keller. Not not one. I mean, oh yeah, without question. It's it, did honestly, you did you just say better than he's not better than Jim Kelly? I would no. take Jim Kelly the over. I would take Jim Kelly over fuck, Tom Brady. Get the fuck get the fuck out of here. Dude, I can't even believe Jim I'm Kelly. hearing this. <laughs> Absolutely, I can't even believe I'm hearing this. In Jim Kelly rules. Jim Kelly would have put fifty on the oh, Giants easy. and that and offense? the fucking Redskins. And that oh, okay, Alan. Okay, Alan. <laughs> Alan. Okay, you want to talk about today's rules? Let's talk about your boy Steph Curry and how fucking much he benefits from today's rules, where you can't bust somebody up. I mean, you use one argument one way for make it sound like you did to back your shit up. Come on, man. That's hold, bullshit. Hold on, you know it. Pat, so, so, so Pat, you're Pat. telling me that a kid that can shoot 35-footers wouldn't be able to shoot 35-footers in 1985? Really? He might have <laughs> got, got put on his ass a lot trying to go to the hoop. That's all Pat, I'm saying. Pat, I'll, Dude, we're gonna, well, we're gonna, call we're, Isaiah Thomas and, and ask him how it went because his on. career went okay. Uh, hey, listen. I want to end on. I want to end on this. Brian, can you real quick tell the story of Mark Rick when he was a player at Miami? Can you just tell that story real quick. We're, oh, I want to yeah, end okay. on this note. Yeah. So uh, I heard an uh, interview where Mark Hel- or, uh, Mark Rick was talking about you know like coaching and like how he became a coach and saying the reason he had to become a coach is because the Miami quarterback room from the time that he got there to the time he left. Uh, I think it was. Uh, Testaverde, Kozar, and Jim Kelly. So at this point, like he's never going to see the field. So you might as well just go ahead and just do that scout team thing and just transition to being a coach because you're never going to see the field with those guys. Think, just think about that for a second. Just think about that for a second. Jim Kelly, Bernie Kozar, and Testaverde all played minimum 10 years in the league. That's insane. And you're four streams. Like, like you're coming into this going, yep, I'm going to have to be a coach because there's no fucking way I'm ever going to play quarter. I mean, yeah, it's over. That is, I thought that Barry Sanders had it bad when he had to sit behind Thurman Thomas in Oklahoma State. But this is a whole nother. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just imagine just yeah. waiting yeah, your time, waiting Barry your time. Sanders is returning, Barry Sanders is returning kicks 81 yards. Well, while Thurman Thomas is the running back, and then he wins the Heisman. Yeah, and you and he, and he thinks he has it bad, only to find out that Mark Rick had it worse. Um, so with that, thank you guys for jumping on. We will definitely um, get together and 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 do this again real soon. And just for the record, again, Brady is not the best. 
I don't care. What I was just going to say, fuck you. Fuck you. He is the best. And fuck all of y'all. Some bullshit. Listen. <laughs> it was very fun. It was very fun. Thank you for uh, listen, doing this. You, you snuggle nice. up with your avocado ice cream um, tonight. but In your footy pajamas. Yeah, it, it, and listen, hey. Hey, listen, this might, you know, I'm serious. I'm about to pull Alan, and, and what, what you're going to hear on our podcast is him and I arguing for a couple, an hour. That's what it's going to be. Two Midwestern guys are going to sit around and yell at each other for an hour. How is this followed by me going to his driveway and beating <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> how, how is this any different than any other time that you guys are together? I was going to say, the visual that I have is you guys going in somebody's driveway, walking in a circle, talking shit to each other while you have your air pockets. <laughs> that, might be, that, that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for jumping on. We'll do this again soon. Thanks, guys.